I ordered a club sandwich all the time, and I'm not even a member, man. I don't know how I get away with it. Sandwich Club, episode one, uh, French fries. So, hi Zach. Hey Rich. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about perfect French fry. Well, uh, I mean, you can't talk about perfect French fry unless we talk about perfect French fry potato. Okay. So, for me, uh, pretty non-controversial choice. I'd say the russet, russet potato. Burbank. Yep. Yeah. Russet Burbank, Idaho. Uh, Flowery. Yep. Flower, high starch. Yep. Yeah. Uh, usually long, you know, very right. very conducive to a French fry shape. Genetically modified to be the perfect French fry potato. Hey, sometimes, sometimes. Thank, thank you, McDonald's. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Ronald McDonald. Yeah, for thank making, you, Big French Fry. Thank you, Big Fry, yeah. for making that happen for all of us. We're, we're very grateful. Yeah. Yes, the recipe Burbank. Go on. Uh, I'm a big fan of the 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 triple. So I call it the triple. Oh, anyway, peeled or unpeeled? Ah, very good question. Uh, I think that all depends on what you're gonna do with that fry. Okay. If you're gonna eat, okay. if if it's just for if it's just for straight up French fries, if this is like you know a steak frit situation, yeah, a little fancy, yeah, I think you want a peeled fry. Okay. But if you know, if this is just yeah, some, the classic, yeah. But if you know, if if things are if things are homey and quarter inch to a side, quarter inch to a side, yeah. I I, I don't not a not a shoestring, not a shoestring. I don't have, I don't have substance much, to get in there and get that catch up. Right? Yeah, I don't have much or, use. Or I don't have much use for a shoestring fry personally. But yeah. um, and okay. I, you know, I do love I do love a waffle fry every now and again, a crinkle cut every now and again. But yeah, sure, just sure. a, just a, a context. fry with some half because you know you got to get those textures in there. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. Now we got a peeled, we got a peeled side classic French fry. We got them chipped, perhaps thrown through a fry chipper, you right? Know, as you do. Do you soak in water? Soak in water with a bit of vinegar. Water with a bit of vinegar. Oh, for uh, oxidation. Yeah. Yeah. Prevent oxidation. Prevent oxidation. Away. Yeah. Okay. So it's day of. We've uh, we've drained the fries, the the soon to be fries of their vinegary water. Yeah. Uh, we're now doing a salt water blanch. Okay. So very very salty water. Right. Throw Important the here, of course, is the water to potato ratio, right? Because yeah. we don't want to lower the temperature of the water when you drop in the, no. the potatoes. Okay, keep going. So yeah, and this this does two things. This one starts the cooking process by gelatinizing some of the outer starch, sure. and two seasons your potatoes at an early stage. Okay, yeah, get the salt in there. Sure. Right. So you want them just starting to get tender, just that outer layer of starch gelatin, and it keeps the the water temperature that much higher, so you don't lose the boil as rapidly if your ratio is off a little bit for the volume of potato to exactly. Water. Yeah. So once your once your potatoes are starting to get tender, you drain them out of there. Okay. Lay them out. If you're super extra at this stage yeah. and you've got access to a big enough freezer, yeah. I recommend freezing them right after they come out of the water. Interesting. Because this actually takes that layer, that outer layer of gelatinized starch, yeah. and sets it, which gives you a super crispy exterior later on. Uh-huh. Well, but, this explains, of course, all the well-known. 
I know that the classic uh, French fry from McDonald's or your other major corporations are often straight out of the freezer and into the fryer. I know that that's to me similar to like the tempura thing, where you want that difference in temperature between what's being fried. That's why you put ice in your tempura batter. You want that difference in temperature between what's being fried and what's uh, the the oil temperature, and it's that that difference between those two that gets the the maximum crispy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it definitely does. And like even and even if you don't fry these fries right out of the freezer for their final fry, like this is a good. It just it just really sets that exterior. Okay. So then you're gonna want to after they you know if you froze them at this step you let them come back to thaw completely let them come back to room temperature. Okay. And you do your your low temperature oil fry. Okay. So you still do another blanch. Oh so yeah. You do, I, a, you do an, uh, water I do a blanch. salt water blanch and salt then water blanch, blanch and an oil blanch. So how long in the salt water then? Uh, I mean you, you know factors depending on how much how many fries and whatever but really just until they just until they start to soften. Really? Yeah, just until so you know, because I would have expected that. That's why for, for me, I I well, I'll, I'll tell you, I do a couple of different ways. One is I do an oil blanch, or I do a, or I do a, a cold oil process because I find that, I mean, what we're trying to do is cook the two types of starch at their optimal temperatures, and two ways to do that is you cook it once in a lower temperature, and then the second cook in a higher temperature because those are the two different types of starches they cook at the two different temperatures uh, in order to have both creamy perfect middle and super crispy exterior that's why I see that but you can achieve the same thing in a home cooking environment by just starting with cold oil and bringing the potatoes and the oil up to temperature at the same time so it goes through the first phase in the same way that you would make you would use the same process for making a mashed potato mm. you bring up the cold water and the cold potato together so that they heat at the same time you cook both starches at their optimum temperature for the that makes sense I mean if we're up to me if I was doing it in a home setting I would probably do that method the bringing up from cold method with the salt water because that would be my first step and right. then I would then do a, a you know they would, so they would come up in cold water right, heavily right, salted right. I'd take them out Still, maybe freeze them if I had the freezer space. Right, right. And then do my my Hot colder oil. oil blanch at you know that that in between temperature. Yeah. Before I I did the final high temperature fry. Okay. Okay. So so now we've got we know that we want to cook the starch at two different. You seem to have the uh, the opinion that you should do two blanches before the final fry. That's, that, yeah, I'm that's happy fine. with one, but you're you want two? That's fine. I'm gonna I give like, it to you. I like two. I'm gonna give it to you. Uh, I'd have to do a little more research on that. Uh, I I was unfamiliar until about a year ago, year and a half ago, with the salt water blanch. I think it's a French technique. Definitely. I definitely. I was I was taught. Uh, I mean, it was some time ago at this point. Uh, for when I had done some independent research on how the, the fast food guys got the, the optimal crispy fry, but also uh, was taught the cold oil blanch prior to the uh, the final fry and was very happy with that, but that was with a shoestring potato, so it was a slightly different uh, product. Uh, most happy with the my results at home with the cold oil method on the stovetop. Uh, and in restaurants, it's very difficult to beat 
the frozen fry right out of the freezer that's already been blanched, possibly salt water and oil blanched before you even get it, which means it's already gone through those stages. I know also in the in McDonald's fry, they'll even dust it with additional potato starch mm-hmm. uh, in order to kind of have an even thicker crisp layer to, to match... Like proportionally, I was, that I creamy would, interior. Like. I was on principle against you know the idea of battered fries or, or you know uh, you know dry or liquid battered. But you know if you think about it, there's there's a lot there to like. Yeah, on principle, I was against that for a long time, and you know now I'm. I'm you think of it as a molecular technique. Then yeah. you've got like this possibility of of I take something that I already love and I add another technique to to uh, even push it further. And it's, it's not like it's a non-natural addition. You know, a potato starch addition is is something that, say, if you soak your potatoes overnight, you create your own potato starch. Exactly. Because it yep. soaks that, that white meal or whatever that forms at the bottom of your your potato soaking liquid is potato starch. Right. And, and traditionally, when you're traditionally making latkes, when you shred your potato into the water, you soak it yeah. uh, to keep it ready, and then you traditionally you squeeze those out, you wring those out in like a pillowcase or something, yeah. and you collect that water to then harvest that potato starch to then put back into the latkes to exactly. help bind them. Yeah, yeah, and the same exact principle to me. It's actually a whole food cooking technique if you think of it. You drain off that water, you dry out the potato starch, you dust your potatoes that have already been blanched. Uh, possibly or at some stage during uh, the process with that dry potato starch you're actually using the whole potato instead of wasting it why would you throw it away yeah exactly it totally makes sense and to 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 one last point about the uh the salt water blanche versus i don't even know if it's versus the cold oil blanche i mean like both of these are great techniques the only reason that i'm a i'm a real big fan backer of the saltwater blanche okay uh you know from cold is that again it, it's it's another it's a chance to season the fry early right yeah which you, that, and that's the only thing that you can't do in jeffrey steingarten's book the man who ate everything he which is what introduced me to the cold oil blanche many many years ago uh he salts the oil he salts the oil I've i know never it just heard of that. It, it feels like a punch in the gut when somebody tells you that as a chef it you, just seems you do what <laughs> but it seems he, wrong somebody he, like, he I'm advocates for the salting of the oil i've tried it and it works and i don't know why it works or how and i can't explain i'm sure that the science was explained at the time but he salts the oil uh, right there. He also used a mix of, and this is something we didn't discuss, was oil type, but he used a mix of, of, of a, a refined vegetable oil and a, and a, and a beef tallow. Animal fat, a, a, animal fat is, is the way to go for potatoes, if, yeah. you can, if you can swing it. Well, yeah, and I think that everybody knows, I think that uh, McDonald's uses a, a flavoring agent to replace the original flavor of the beef tallow that yep. was always a part of their fry in order to sell it to a broader market now. But uh, to me, again, that's a whole food technique. If you're a burger place, you're going to have excessive amounts of, of beef fat on hand and to not use it to throw it away is uh, wasteful and to me that's similarly you know, if you're a fried chicken place that's also served in french fries I mean yeah. wouldn't you want to use all that using that chicken, the chicken fat? fat exactly yeah. so to me that's part of the flavor cycle it's it's part of you know uh, uh, keeping that that uh, mm-hmm. that uh, that circle of of life giving man that yeah I, I, hey, I wish I wish you know it, 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 it's too bad that you know so many fries today just so many fries today just taste of of these weird you know 
chemically altered canola oil so they're <laughs> anti-foaming agents and yeah you know? I, my restaurant you know what I used what was that brisket 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 Man, fat I bet those are some pretty pretty spectacular fries I, I well I didn't have fries on the menu let's be clear mm-hmm. I because uh, you didn't have a deep fryer that's I right. did not have a deep fryer but what I did was I kept a a uh, I usually would have a fried, you know, a couple of one-offs uh, on the menu. So at any given time, you'd get like uh, my awesome balls or or some other little fried thing. But for that purpose, I would always keep just a, a giant Dutch oven of a uh, rendered, uh, clarified brisket fat because uh, when as, was, as you do, yeah, because I, I had vast quantities of this substance uh, left over from the, the hundreds of briskets that we would sell on the regular at the restaurant. So from this fat, I would always keep that going and I would have it for these appetizers, which I would always advertise as, you know, clearly, you know, this is not a vegetarian option. You know, I wasn't ever trying to be deceitful about it. Uh, but at the same time, if since I had that rendered fat handy at all times, if I did uh, want to make, I say, fries for a, a VIP customer or for a one-off or for a fun thing, maybe a, a, a lucky employee, I had that that rendered beef tallow right there on hand to do that. With our burgers, we sold uh, roasted potato wedges. Yeah, and for that, the fries that weren't fries. I think that gets us. Well, uh, they were delicious, but I would get right to. I think that would take us right to where we are now. Because now we've fried, we've blanched, we've fried, and now we've got the fry. Salt, vinegar, uh, ketchup, aioli, plain mayo. Uh, I've had it with, I think I was told that it was a Quebec thing to have a little honey sometimes. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah. And and, and it's not... There's also like you know in the Netherlands and stuff. There's uh, the, the sweeter mayonnaise, the, the frit sauce kind of right, right, right. sweeter accompaniment. Yeah, I think I looked at a recipe for that once, and it was something like ketchup and mayo. Yeah. <laughs> it was like fancy sauce. <laughs> I was like, uh, what is this? What is this uh, special sauce that they put in here? And the uh, the the origin story was some something as simple as as, as that fancy sauce. Yeah, uh, but anyway. What do you think? What's your what's your preference? I mean, again, like what like, what are we what's what do we have in the fries with? Where where? Good point. Where where are we? What what are we yeah, doing? Wolf like, frit, you've got to have that like a sweet mayo. Yeah, wolf frit, you need you need something like fatty, like a like a, like an aioli or a mayonnaise or or what have you. Right. Preferably something complementary to the flavor of the mussels. For sure. You know, uh, American hamburger, North American hamburger. Yeah. Or if I'm you know ketchup. You gotta have ketchup, right? Yeah, for a hamburger or a hot dog, you know, for sure ketchup. Yeah. You know, a ballpark hot dog or something like that. So fancy gourmet ketchup, homemade ketchup. Again, it depends. If I'm at if I'm at like a ball game or it's just you know a nice summer day, summer picnic, nothing's too nothing's too, you know, like I'm 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 not too good for Heinz. You know, I I I want to love fancy ketchup. I, I would really rather do. I would rather have Heinz. Than somebody's slapped together, schlocked together, weird ketchup. You know, I want to like fancy gourmet ketchup. I really do. One of my one of my pals, you know, David yeah, Dancho, yeah, makes a makes a fantastic homemade ketchup. And he I, does. And his, I would say, his ketchup is legitimately better than Heinz. Okay, I will say I don't uh, 
go out and purchase Heinz on the regular or French's or any of these. But it's also kind of amazing to me how perfectly dialed in that palate experiences with these major brand ketchups. There's a lot of research behind them. I mean, we've talked about we've talked about the Big Mac before you and I, yeah. and how we can you know you know if you're going to say McDonald's is a bad company, a bad business company, you know they're they're bad for the environment, they're bad for workers, they're bad for you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, fine, but you cannot look me in the face and tell me that a Big Mac tastes bad because there's too many scientists, there's too many people who study the Big Mac more intently than you or I study nearly anything. Right. I'll say it. If you, if you say that the Big Mac tastes bad, you're, you're, lying. you're an anti-vaxxer. You're lying. Yeah. You're, you're, you're you lying. You deny science. Yeah, you're lying. You, and you, you know you're lying. Climate change denier if you say that you think yeah. the Big Mac tastes bad. And Heinz ketchup tastes good because it's impossible for it not to. There's too many people working on it. There's too many people studying flavor compounds. You're and, saying that science is wrong. You know. Yeah, and that's that's just silly. Yeah, and I, I I have to agree with you there. It doesn't mean I'm going to go out and buy a Big Mac. No, but but I but I also I won't you know I I, I won't look down my nose at anyone who does. I I'll say I think David's ketchup is delicious. I think it's fantastic. I think it's amazing. I'm not going to say that I think that it is as satisfying of a ketchup experience as. A major brand ketchup. Do you think part of that is a nature versus nurture thing? Like, because it's because you, did you grow up with Heinz ketchup? Oh, I think we all grew up with a ketchup out of a bottle for sure. And that you know, I'm not saying is necessarily Heinz. It could be French's. It could be like one of these like top three brands that we had, or one of their close knockoffs. That's probably them in a different package. Right. That you got at your local Wiener Schnitzel or uh, or or Sonic Burger. I'm sorry, I'm from Texas, so I have different uh, fast food references than some people. But these these ketchup brands that you got in your little plastic packages uh, that came out with your, you know, that's those are all of that same ilk. You know that 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 created flavor profile that is is industrial ketchup yeah and i i just think it's you know again i think that you know a gourmet ketchup is a is a uh an exciting and wonderful sauce i just don't know if it's uh it just the same satisfying experience it just doesn't have a place at at the it doesn't have a place in a lot of the the events where I would be eating ketchup, you know, uh, uh, having a gourmet ketchup to dip fries in at uh, a, a picnic in the park is is like it's like sitting down to a, a, a you know a fillet of sole on papio at a park bench. Like why, <laughs> why, why? It's just it's out of place. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you're you're trying awfully hard. Yeah, I mean, and French fries aren't something you necessarily make at home. I mean, if you did, you'd want David's ketchup, you know, because it's a homemade French fry. It's a different experience. But you're not you're not making French French fries are something you're no, you're, French you're fries are, up when you're out. French fries taste about a hundred times better when you're actually sitting at a picnic table, a, like a a 
picnic table that has like tree shit on it. Like, yeah, that tree fell off and, and fell off of the tree next to it, and yeah. it's bright and sunny outside. And you should and be you eating them out of a out of a grease stained cardboard cup right. or a, a, right. a styrofoam. Exactly, you know? and, and there's like a salt shaker on the table, and maybe a little bottle of malt vinegar or something. And yeah, and like, a 1950s napkin dispenser. Yeah, yeah, and there's like. Uh, like the sun's beating down and it's uh you're you have to drink like an ice cold pepsi or something because they don't have coke on the menu or whatever it is yeah it's like you're that's the experience that's good fries and, and, and when you're in that situation what you want is you know you want to you want to hit some certain flavor notes and some nostalgia notes and maybe that isn't yeah industrial ketchup and you know what and and, and if and if they are using you know if they're not using animal fat or whatever you know maybe uh, at least the oil like Maybe it's not perfectly clean, you know. Maybe there's some kind of yeah, 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 yeah. nuanced flavor yeah, yeah, yeah. in there. You get the terroir yeah. of the uh, the fryer. You're right. A peanut oil fryer. I realize that peanut oil these days is is the the, the culinary version of weapons grade plutonium. <laughs> but uh, you ever have a peanut oil fry? It's it's, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like actually serving gluten in your restaurant. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just just not just not done in plates. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like nuclear waste, some raw chicken juice, and gluten, and just a tiny bit of peanut oil yeah let's uh let's talk about the orange elephant in the room how do we feel about sweet potato fries are they fries i don't think they are they never they never they never really are are they the only good sweet potato fries are the ones that (laughs) are dusted in potato starch come on (laughs) i mean seriously i mean what it is is you know when you go to when you go to the place that has the sweet potato fries on the menu and you think you're getting sweet potatoes and that's healthier i i really i've i've done the homework and i'm afraid it's true. It's Nine just, times out of ten, it's a different. It's a different thing, right? Like, yeah. granted, a sweet potato is closer to a potato than, say, a Jerusalem artichoke <laughs> is to an artichoke. Yeah, it's the same shape, at least. Yeah, I, uh, but I mean, the two of us are chefs. We've worked in the industry, and both of us have, at one time or another, taken out a knife, taken out a sweet potato, peeled it cut it into what looks like french fries and dropped it in frying oil with the expectation of producing a sweet potato fry this is like early in our careers at some point along the way we did this and what happened nothing good no it's black yeah it's burnt before it's crisp yeah absolutely it's got such a high sugar content it's it's a different kind of sugar but the the temperature at which you get a crispy fry uh, with a potato you get an an abject caramelization and a chewy, gummy result with a sweet potato. And it's not great. And then it, it gets funny because the more you learn about French fries as your career goes on, when you apply those techniques to sweet potatoes, things just get worse. Yeah. Oh, like you every know, time. Like, it's like there's no, there's no like saving the sweet potato. You blanch fry sweet potato fries them. and then throw them in the deep fryer and you're, no, you're, no. you're further away somehow. Yeah, and if you try a cold oil blanch and then a hot oil, all you're doing is cooking it longer and getting a, a yeah, limber, just, darker you're just, result. You're just making some sort of terrible sweet potato puree. Yeah, I mean, it, it's basically like there's a couple of things you can do. You can take sweet potatoes and cut them to look like fries, toss them lightly with oil, cook them in, I'd say, about a 475 oven 
like with a confection, possibly. But on again, then who, paper. who are you fooling? You're just yeah, you're they fooling. They're not, they're not fries. Like they're fries. roasts. They look mm, yeah, call, they're roasted sweet potatoes roasted in the shape potatoes. of a fry. Roasted sweet potato. If, if you do it just right, you can get the batonet to hold together when you lift it up and dip it into something. But that's not a fry. You know, I mean, it's it's just a it's a pale imitation. The ones that you get at the at the sh- at the place where they dump them in a fryer, they've basically been completely dusted with potato starch and they are french fries yeah they're just french at that, fries that, po- have at that point color. yeah at that point you might as well just you get the same result you know tossing your potatoes in food coloring yeah yeah i mean at this point we'll we'll get the potato starch and the uh boiling water and the extruder and uh we'll start like Creating some sort of like like Frankenstein monster yeah, of a French potato, fry, gnocchi, yeah. something. Yeah, we'll we'll take uh, beets and taro root and like five other random root ingredients, and we'll combine them fifty fifty with with potato starch. Uh, cook them at a like exact temperature, uh, and then extrude the the result and deep fry that. Uh, at the perfect temperature, and now you have this this like oh now look at all these root fries that I have, but they're really just French fries with different colors. And, and let's be honest, you're not getting that out, out the side window of a truck. No, no, you're not going to be eating that on that tree sap table. Like no. it's just not going to happen. And when you're having sweet potato fries that are any good at all, chances are they're just French fries, and you're paying an okay. extra premium for them. But uh, that's my opinion. I do love sweet potatoes. I eat, I eat sweet potatoes like at least once a week. I love them. They're great, but it's just not the right context. No. Unfortunately. They don't even taste that good with ketchup. Like the the sweetness of the potato and the ketchup kind of throws the whole uh, the whole savory right. they're really, to they're really sweet. Bang, they're really big for, uh, for a mayonnaise or something like that. But then again, like, again, you're just like, what doesn't taste good with mayonnaise, right? Like, yeah. you know, okay. at that point. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we covered off fries. Is there anything we forgot? We got the oil, we got the blanching, we got all that. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, like, we could talk through tin, but I feel like that's a whole other, that's a whole other yeah, ball of wax. Yeah. For me, it is anyways. Yeah, so I think we should wrap this up. I think we did a good, good talk on, on French fries. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about all the time we have for today, so. Yeah, yeah, we'll move on to uh, to other things. Thanks for listening to uh, The Sandwich Club with, with I'm Bruce Enlow. And I'm Zach Resnick. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, sign off for now. We'll talk to you guys again uh, on our next podcast, which is coming out any minute now. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening.